year and well October is going by really fast just like September went by really fast and we have what a few weeks till election day and hopefully well again those y'all know me y'all know which way I'm going on election day so <laughs> I'm hoping it goes the way that I'm going but anyway Got some more politics stuff to talk about this week. Particularly well, one Mr. O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube, who has made a really dumb decision. And I'll get to that. But also, we got college football and our good friend the coronavirus once again. Got NFL stuff going real bad for my Washington football team. I'll get to that. And pound the back for one, Mr. LeBron James. And a uh, ha-ha to one, <laughs> Mr. Daryl Morey. We'll get to all of that. And bringing us in this time was Van Halen. Uh, if, well, again, if you're in my age group, you know exactly who that is. And if you're not, you might know anyway. But we plan them throughout the show. Hope you enjoy them. Hope you check them out. I'll talk a little bit about them in the next segment before we get rolling with the more serious stuff. But anyhow, welcome. This is episode number 45. 45 episodes since we started this little fun experiment back in March. And thank you to everyone who has been listening, who has been bringing the numbers up for me. Um, and if you are a wrestling fan, please check out my most recent special episode, the watch along of Survivor Series 2012. And also, uh, have a couple guest appearances. We'll have a guest appearance coming up when that is in the can. I'll let you know where you can find it. And that is all for now. So. Time for more Van Halen, and then we will get things rolling.
Alright, so as I mentioned earlier, this week's musical guest is Van Halen. And I was, well, I was inspired to pick them because, you know, lead guitarist Eddie Van Halen passed away last week. And I didn't really talk, I didn't talk about it in last week's show. And Eddie Van Halen is just one of the best guitarists of our, this era, of the last, let me see, well they started in the 70s, so, last 40 years, yeah. And for those of you who may not be familiar with Van Halen, some as a group uh, he did a guitar solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It and I'm gonna get that in there before the show's over and he was I mean he was really spectacular and as far as a group you know um, Van Halen had over did over 10 albums from you know the 70s when they started all the way through 2012 yeah they had three different lead singers one of them uh, <laughs> Gary Sharon who pretended did not just that didn't happen but you know the two that are the subject of much conflict and fighting between fans are David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar now, I don't know that many people prefer Sammy Hagar. Uh, generally, the consensus, well, not the consensus, but generally from what I normally encounter, you either, either David Lee Roth is your guy or you're, you're like both of them. And, you know, the, 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 and the folks who prefer David Lee Roth are very adamant about that. They don't want to hear about no damn Sammy Hagar. But I'm one of those people that likes both. So I guess some of y'all probably think I'm a communist or something, right? <laughs> no, but, um, well, they're two different kinds of singers, really. Uh, just if you ask, like, who's the better technical singer? Uh, Hagar because David Lee Roth is all personality all energy you know all just I mean he, he is a performer extraordinaire he is not a great singer which is fine you know but I mean yeah I mean he, he just he just brings some just crazy energy that makes up for him not being much of a singer yeah, as far as you know which you know batch of songs are better you know between the two well um from the difference between the you know the music between you know with the two lead singers is pretty much what 
comes down to the difference between the singers themselves. Uh, the Hagar stuff is, well, I would say, excellent professional rock music. And, you know, the stuff with Roth is, you know, it's got more kick to it and more you know, energy to it. And that's, you know, from him. But, I'd say Roth is very much more dependent on Eddie Van Halen, the guitar playing, than Hagar is, if that makes any sense. But, whichever one you prefer, you know, there's some great music made with both guys singing, and the constant is Eddie. And, again, Eddie is one of the again, greatest guitarists of the last 40 years. And it's crazy that we have not really well it's been a while since he's been talked about like that and if you I mean if you really want to get a feel for how good he is don't just go to the hits um, you know go to some of the, the deep cuts on the albums stuff that maybe didn't get played on the radio and just listen to him go and it man, it is outstanding. So, you know, I hope you enjoy it. You know, we got Van Han all up and up, down, and through the show here. And by all means, go dig into their discography, pull up some of those songs, and there's just some great stuff in there. And we're going to get to some of that right now and then move on to the next thing. Alright, so we got these crazy dudes who tried to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Ooh, boy. Where to start? Well, for one, this is just the, the, the lunacy of just the fighting we've had going on here over just basic public safety during this whole pandemic. I mean, these guys are an extension of the people who essentially stormed the state capitol in Michigan, you know, with guns, quote-unquote protesting state-at-home orders and all that stuff. And now you have guys who were going to kidnap the governor and quote-unquote put her on trial. For what? <clears throat> what are you going to put her on trial for? Well, having the audacity to try to keep people safe during a pandemic? Really? I mean, this is just eternally frustrating because there are other countries who did a hard nationwide lockdown months ago and you know they're opening back up now or they've already opened back up now fully and here in the good old US of A you know we never went into a full nationwide lockdown we had different policies for different states and I dare say none, none of the states 
went as far as you needed to on the front end and pretty much all of them opened back up way too early on the back end because we're a bunch of spoiled crybabies here who can't stand to not get our way. And in this case, getting our way was going back to normal. And, you know, we can't get remotely close to back to going, to going back to normal because people here didn't want to stay home. And later on, there are people who don't want to wear masks going into stores. And instead of just saying, okay, it's a piece of cloth over my face for 15 minutes. No, they have to find, quote unquote, studies or whatever that say masks don't work. Right? I mean, and when, you know, or they have to run to the, what about my freedom argument? And it's like, you know what? Yeah, what do you want? Freedom to die? You know, freedom to, you know, to spread this thing to other people? I mean, come on, dude. You know, and all of this for what? So they can go sit down in a damn chain restaurant and eat chicken fingers. Right? I mean, this is what they're mad about. Or, you know, holding some type of large gathering where, you know, you just should not do it. And then they do it, and then a bunch of people come out and fake. And then we're back at square one. And now, uh, in Wisconsin, you know, they got a hospital space problem again. Right? I mean, there are other states where there are flare-ups going on. And now that the genius governor of Florida decided to, you know, just <coughs> let stadiums open all the way back up at full capacity. We are nowhere near that being a good idea. I mean, come on. But back to these, you know, guys in Michigan. Oh, there are a couple of real big problems I got with them, other than just the, the general scariness and stupidity of what they tried to do. Um, one, the media, you know, referred to them as a militia, and they keep calling these guys militias. Like, no, they're terrorists. Okay, call them terrorists. Okay, they literally attempted to, you know, use violence to achieve some political outcome. That is terrorism. Bunch of, you know, white good old boys. You would call them terrorists. Or you would call them a gang. That's what they are. You need to call them that. Don't give them a pass. All right. These are not just a couple of, you know, kooky good old boys that maybe drank a little too much or something. Okay. That's not, no, no. Not what this is. Another thing that, you know, there's just one idiot on Twitter who 
tried to, you know, blame their actions on, you know, being poor and downtrodden, you know, and like, you know what, dude, um, those guys had thousands of dollars in weapons and tactical gear, right? You can't buy that stuff if you're poor. Right, these quote-unquote militia men all over the country who are, you know, marching with their rifles and all of this stuff and going into, you know, Chick-fil-A with their, you know, assault weapons trying to prove a point. These dudes are not poor. Okay, buying all that stuff costs thousands of dollars. Okay, these guys are not downtrodden. They are not, the, you know, the, the left-behind people, right? Stop making excuses for them, all right? There are a ton of poor people in this country, and they are not plotting to overthrow the government. They're not plotting to kidnap elected officials. Okay. I mean, to even do that, you need you need money and you need time on your hands. All right. Just stop. You know, blaming things on poor people that they have nothing to do with. And I mean. But that, I mean, that, honestly, that gets to the heart of a lot of things here, though, is that, you know, the real bad guys are not, it's, it's not, you know, again, poor white folks in the trailer park or something, right? It's, you know, middle class, middle income dudes who have money to buy a bunch of stuff, but for some reason are angry. About the state of things in the country, and well, that when I say for some reason, you know, that reason is that they're a bunch of racists, and you know, I guess they are perpetually upset that they can't stop the progress, <laughs> right? And you know, they're racist, they're sexist, they're homophobes, they're transphobes, they're you know, uh, Islamophobes, they're xenophobes. Right, they're they're all cut every phobe in the book, right? And they're upset because you know the world is changing, and people they they don't like continue to make progress and continue to quote unquote infringe on their territory, and they hate that. So. You can guarantee you these guys being, these guys hated being told by that woman in the governor's mansion, you know, to stay home and that, you know, that their restaurants and gyms and all of that were going to be closed and all that kind of thing. They hated it, right? I mean, nobody likes it, but they especially hated being told by that woman in the governor's mansion, right? <coughs> And here we are. So yeah, look. Um, 
to any white people who may be listening to this show, <laughs> hey, stop looking for the, to, the, to the trailer parks and all of that for where, like, the scary people and scary violent people are, okay? I mean, there are some there, obviously, yes, but the people who have these crazy plots and all of this stuff and whatnot, these people you see on TV marching with, you know, rifles and all of this stuff and you think it's kind of unnecessary to be doing all that those are not poor people okay they might be your neighbors right the call is coming from inside the house <laughs> it really is so I mean stop looking far away and look a little closer And now we're going to look at a break. weeks in the books to rate things are going we had another game canceled postponed whatever you want to call it uh, because of the coronavirus this time it's the Patriots and the Broncos and so we're like what three games now that have been moved and 
Tennessee had to shut down their facility again, uh, I think because someone else tested positive. I mean, I mean at this point, the, the Titans need to, I don't know. They, if they keep you after moving games for those guys, or, well, personally, I just think they, they, they should have to forfeit some games now. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. You know, they, they have been singularly irresponsible as an organization, like I said. Um, as far as the rest of the league, I mean, we got a few different teams where we've had some positive tests. And, you know, if this keeps spreading, keeps spreading, then, you know, it's going to be, well, they're going to need to take a break at least. I mean, I know, look, look, they are going to push on and soldier on to the bitter end, right, until half of the league is <coughs> sidelined. And they'll probably loosen up the return to action provision uh, requirements before that, because that's what they do. They're the NFL, and they truly believe that they are the almighty NFL and that nothing will stop them. And, you know, you know, I said before, they're the most mega of all the sports leagues. Pretty much all 32 owners fall in behind the president and how they approach things. So they've been taking their cues from him. And like I said a while back, they wouldn't even have a halfway decent testing system in place if the players hadn't forced it. So... It's a miracle they've gotten this far. But we're almost to week six, which was on my little hypothetical list of checkpoints. That was the second one after training camp. So to make it to week six with minimal damage, which you know, I'd say it's a little more than minimal right now, but it's, you know, still enough to kind of well, not, it's still low enough to kind of, if you want to, you know, turn your head in there and say everything is fine, <laughs> you can still kind of halfway get away with that. And week six of the next week. As far as on the more local level, oh boy, um, my Washington football team has taken lunacy to all new heights. So they're one and four. After losing again, this time to the LA Rams. And this week, they made the decision to bench Dwayne Haskins, who had been the starting quarterback. Because he'd been struggling. This was only his second year in the league. He hasn't even started a full 16 games. But he's been struggling on the field. And now... They decided to bench him for Kyle Allen, which everybody knew was fool's gold at best. And, you know, the leaks started coming. The rumors started coming that Haskins basically isn't studying. And 
now it turned out that they're going to try to trade him. And then another rumor came out that ultimately the quarterback end game for this season at least was the for Alex Smith to be in there playing. Alex Smith basically has one good leg. You know, he had this really horrific leg injury a couple of years ago. And it really looked like one of those he was never going to play again type of deals. Um, he had a leg like in a halo cast for a while. It looked really bad. And he decided to defy the odds and, and you know, do everything he could to make it back. And to his credit, he did that. All right. I think most of us would have just retired said, okay, I've made some good money. I don't, this leg is so bad that I don't need to rehab it any further than just to be able to walk normally. But he didn't do that. He put in the work and he made it all the way back to where he could actually, excuse me, pass a physical for an NFL team. But it's still kind of ridiculous, the idea of actually playing him in a game. So, of course, with Washington being what it is, not only were they designing to get him back in the game on the field, but that opportunity came out a lot sooner than expected. Because Kyle Allen got his bell rung Sunday, and Smith came in the game. And we were all like, you got to be kidding me. And it's one of those things where... Some people saw it as a really heartwarming story. Some people saw it as a horror movie waiting to happen. Some people saw it as both. <clears throat> and, well, needless to say, he played like someone who has not been on the field in two years. And it was bad. He didn't get hurt, thankfully. But... They had like minus six yards for the whole second half that he was in there. Yeah. Now, all of this quarterback tomfoolery was done under the premise that they were going to try to win now because the NFC East is really terrible as a division. I think the best team has two wins now. Or maybe one. Yeah. I don't know, but it's really bad. They were in like Euro soccer. They would get relegated to a lower league. And I made a joke on Twitter that they should get relegated to like the Pac-12 or something. I, I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. But, you know, the head coach, Ron Rivera, was said that, well, the guys are tired of losing. And you know, the media reports were that the coaching staff thought the division was winnable because it was so bad. And now we found out, well, they found out the hard way, what a bunch of us were already thinking was that the Washington football team is really bad also. And so the idea that they could win the division is kind of laughable because they're going to get beat down pretty much every week from here on out. So now we sit at one and four, and yeah, we're done. Um, 
tank for Trevor Lawrence should be the plan now. But they're probably not thinking that way, and which means they're probably going to win one or two more games. And seeing how bad the Jets are and the Falcons are, they're probably going to finish ahead of us in the draft pick race. So we're going to stink and not get, you know, the player worth stinking for, which is exactly, you know, vintage Washington football team. Sheesh. Bad. Real bad. What can I tell you? Um, <laughs> oh, the days of the good old days of 1992 when they won Super Bowl. Been almost 30 years now, and they're going to be another 30 years. <laughs> Nothing else really to say on that, but we'll be back after this. Okay, one, one more political thing. I promise. No more politics after this this week. <laughs> okay, now, I said no more politics after this this week. Which means no more politics this week after this. It doesn't mean that after this week there won't be any more politics. Okay? <laughs> so don't, don't, don't come around and try to throw it in my face now next week or whatever. <laughs> you know, early voting is in full effect. And I did not early vote. I voted by mail. And since I'm fortunate enough to live in a state where they are not literally trying to screw people over from, you know, or screw people out of being able to vote. And I feel pretty safe and confident about how it's going to go. But for a lot of y'all out there, a lot of y'all live in states where they are or are and have been for many, many years screwing people out of their opportunity to vote. And so I saw a thing on Twitter from uh, in 
Georgia, where some people are have been in line for five, six, seven, eight, eleven hours. And granted, this is at an early voting place, so yeah, I mean, it's not staffed the same way and all of that, but still. I mean, there are stories from 2012, and, you know, and about on election day, people standing in line, 12 hours to vote. And, you know, when Obama gave his victory speech in 2012, he mentioned that. He said, we need to do something about that. And we didn't. Well, in some places, they did do something about it. They made it worse. And that has been a goal and a mission of certain people in this country, you know, forever. And they kicked it into overdrive when the black president got elected. Because, you know, that was a representation of of just doing too much in their eyes. Well, I mean, we can we're going to be able, we're going to look back in history and we look back with any honesty or integrity. We're going to point to the mere election of a black president as the point where a lot of people thought we were doing too much. All right, I mean, it's the same as well not exactly the same, but it's very similar. Now the Confederate states saw the mere election of Abraham Lincoln as reason to leave. Okay, I mean, there are people in this country who saw the mere election of Barack Obama. Never mind what policies he did or whatever after he was in office, but just the mere election of him was a, a, a trigger for a lot of people. And one of the reactions to that trigger was to make it harder and harder for people to vote. And understand they're not making it unilaterally more difficult. They're making it more difficult for the kind of folks who are more likely to vote for Democrats. And that is mainly people of color. Because these precincts, these you know voting places where people are in line for you know five, six a dozen hours are more than likely in precincts that are you know serving black people I did I, there's a study that just came out that, you know non-white voters are seven times more likely to have to wait over an hour to vote okay seven times more than an hour and that is done deliberately. It is not an accident. It's not, oh, we don't have no volunteers. No. I mean, they literally closed down polling places in areas where there are mostly black voters. They cut back on early voting hours. Right, they did that on purpose. Yeah, you don't make those decisions by accident. Again, North Carolina a few years ago, you know, they, they studied, they did a study and they saw that, you know, black voters in the state, particularly in, like to, to early vote. So what did they do? 
they cut back on all the early they cut back on the early voting places and hours that's not an accident that's not you know something you do because you know you want to be mindful of the integrity of the process alright that it's bullshit and it's racist and understand you know it used to be I, like, the way it used to be was that you know they put up obstacles for black people to vote because they you know it was well it used to be just blatant right we don't want y'all Negroes to vote right and because well first it was it wasn't even legal right first it was just you can't <laughs> I mean and that's you know true also for anyone who was not a white male landowner right originally that's what you had to be to vote now over time you know they let more and more people on paper have the right to vote but they did all types of crap to keep you from voting if you weren't white and if you don't know about these things you need to I mean you really need to read up on poll taxes and you know and the tests that they used to give you at the at the poll and you had to pass it right it was a kind like it was basically it was a civics test basically actually they they they, they printed one of these they had one of these on a Slate.com a few years ago. And it, it was like a 30 question test, and you had to do it in, I think, 10 minutes or something like that. And you had to get all of it right, or you had to get, well, there was a, I think there was a sliding percentage of what you had to get right. And basically, they made the percentage was, they made the percentage as high as they thought it would need to be so that people would fail. And, you know, it wasn't like a Scantron test because this wasn't, you know, <laughs> that recent, it was just a written, you had to write the answers and then, you know, right or wrong was judged by the person reading it, which means if they want to call one of your answers wrong, they could, and it wasn't nothing you could do about it, right, and they did all of those things to intimidate and discourage people from voting and of course if that didn't work they just shoot you you know if they thought you were talking a little too much out of turn right or if you were you know trying to register black people to vote yeah they might come in your home and house and shoot you like they did Megar Evers right or um you know they might you know, crack your head and then tie you across train tracks like they did Malcolm X's father. Okay, uh, that's what went. That's how it went down. And now they're you know they 
Now they just they close polling places. They cut back on polling hours in certain areas. So that you have to stand in line for hours and hours and hours. Or now they're, you know, because mail-in voting became more of a thing because of the pandemic, now the president started screwing with the post office so that they couldn't process mail as quickly because they were hoping... You know, now this year, and you know, some of these idiots are talking about you know they're gonna go to the poll stations and stand watch, you know, armed, so that again they can protect the integrity of the process. And again, that's intimidation. Their intent is to scare people away from voting. Yeah, for some folks, it's because they don't want black people to vote, even in 2020. For other folks, it's because it's they don't want black people to vote because black people vote for the Democrats. But that's still just as racist. You know, and then, you know, they, they swear up and down that... that, that that you know, voter suppression is not real. It's made up. It's blown out of proportion, and all of that. And you know, and they even you know throw up some phony bullshit like, "Well, shouldn't you have all of your papers in order if you vote? If you're going to vote?" You know, I mean, I know. Shouldn't you have to show ID if you're going to vote? No. <laughs> because if you're registered to vote, they got your address. You give them your name, they got your address. They check it. If they can't find your name on the rolls, Or if you don't give them the right address, they don't let you in. It's not that hard. Okay, like throwing up all these other things that they want you to have in order so they can verify your identity. That's something they do so that they have more ways to stop you. And once you have voted, they check your name off. So the idea that, you know, you're going to vote, you know, 12 times for the same person is ludicrous. Right? It can't happen. It doesn't happen. Okay. There have been people who have been trying to find so-called voter fraud for decades and they don't, you know, they... You might find 10 people in one cycle. 
for the country. All right. So no, it is just not there like that. Okay. People are not out here doing that. And oh, okay. They just don't want. They don't want people like me to vote, either because they just don't think I should be able to, or because they don't like who I vote for. And instead of just you know letting me vote and accepting the results, they essentially try to stop people from voting. So that the pool of people who are left are more likely to elect the people they want. And there's nothing good or right about that. If you support that kind of stuff, then then you know you're a piece of garbage in my book. But I, I mean that's the truth about all of this. And we are never going to get real progress in this country until we can actually sit down and have a truthful discussion and a truthful accounting of what is going on and what has gone on in our history. And a lot of it's ugly. A lot of it's not pleasant. A lot of it's stuff that, yeah, um, particularly if you're a white person, you may not want to have to sit down and look at all of it because it's an indictment. (laughs) But it's something that's necessary. Particularly if if you truly want better results, if you truly want things to be better for everybody, then you got to look at things that have been done to put people in certain positions. That's all there is to it. Be back after this.
That was by Michael Jackson. Obviously not a Van Halen song. But that was Eddie Van Halen on the guitar solo there. And just interesting story about that. Um, he did that in one take. Like he just rolled up in there and fired it off and boom. And I think the story I saw was that basically he wanted to work with Michael Jackson. And so I don't know if he was, was contacted or if he just reached out himself. But, you know, either way, he got on the song. He did that part, you know, like I said, one take. And one of the, one of the greatest songs in pop music history. And one of the biggest hits ever. And he was part of that. Now, moving along, I don't think I've really dug too far into the college football stuff here in a while, and there are some stories, <laughs> oh boy, um, first up, um, Alabama head coach Nick Saban revealed that both he and the athletic director tested positive for uh, COVID-19. And that's a shame. Well, it was, Nick Saban has been actually an example of someone being responsible through all of this. I mean, he's taken the precautions and he hasn't been out here reckless. He has not been out here, you know, downplaying it and all of that stuff. And he still caught it. I should tell you how easy it is. How this thing doesn't discriminate. How we should all be careful. As we possibly can. And honestly, the best way to be careful is to just avoid people when you don't have to be around them. <clears throat> so, hoping, praying, coach, that you recover. And, you know, yeah, I don't have a dog in the fight as far as Alabama football and they're winning and losing and all of that, but from what little information I have or I've gathered or gleaned or whatever, <coughs> Saban seems to be one of the better folks involved in that sordid business. <laughs> but now to the other end of the spectrum, we have Dan Mullen, the coach of University of Florida, who got caught with his foot in his mouth. Because um, last weekend he was, you know, lamenting the uh, fans in the building, I guess, wherever they had been playing, and it not working to their advantage. So he said that he wants, he wanted. 90,000 strong in the swamp. You know, that's Florida's stadium is the nickname. You know, now that the state had opened up, or that the governor said, you know, no more restrictions on fans and buildings, he said he wanted 90,000 strong next week. And then, just a few days later, word got out Florida had to suspend all team activities 
because some folks are tested positive. Oh boy. <coughs> so then he kind of tried to try to walk it back and do the whole sorry if I offended anyone type of apology for asking for 90,000 people. And um, Dan, Dan, Dan. Too soon, brother. Too soon. I mean, um, 90,000 people is not a good idea right now, Dan. <coughs> I mean, if you turn on the news at all, you're seeing what's going on with people getting infected at some of these super spreader rallies that the president is having. Um, if you're having 90,000 people, 90,000 of Florida man all in one place, probably not ideal. But well, honestly, just between him and Saban, that's kind of a microcosm of how we've been dealing with everything. Um, I mean, one guy who, from all we've seen and all we've heard, has been taking precautions and all, and he still caught it himself. And we have another guy who was just being talks as if he'd been just reckless or just doesn't care, or isn't being mindful of you know, what's actually going on. And he ends up having to close up shop for a few days because some people on the inside test positive. Um, the virus does not discriminate. And college football is still, still a bad idea. You know, playing games under these circumstances is still a bad idea. Like NFL, I mean, football under these circumstances is a bad idea. But they don't care. They're going to push through. And it is what it is. And just think, in a few weeks, the Big Ten's going to be back. <laughs> just to add to the fun. Oh, yeah. Oh boy, well, yeah, that, that just, we're here until we get a vaccine. That's just, that's the way it goes. Be back in a minute.
little celebrity news. Actually, he's a little celebrities. Make some politics news. <laughs> it turns out that well, Shaquille O'Neal and Snoop Dogg are voting for the first time. Like, ever. Um, there's been a, you know, a couple different reactions I've seen. Um, you know, of course, some people are like, what the hell took you so long? And, you know, kind of admonishing them for being apathetic, you know, because they are somewhat insulated from the results of these people's policies. Um, some people have just, you know, giving them credit for honesty. <coughs> and then there's Ice Cube. Oh, man. I, I, I... <coughs> oh, boy. So Ice Cube, for all intents and purposes, is a MAGA. Um, now, he swears that's not the case. That he's trying to work with both sides, both parties. But <clears throat> something seemed fishy all along when he started doing the whole what did the Democratic Party done for us black people routine? And look, I mean, that's always a fair question to ask. It's always a fair thing to evaluate. But I'm always wary of people who claim that, you know, they don't like any of them, any of those politicians. But then the only specific criticism they have is for one party or the other. Um, yes, and when you do that, that, that basically means is that you're for the other party. You can dress it up however you want. So what happened with Ice Cube is that on Wednesday of this week... Uh, one of the Trump folks tweeted out a big thank you to him for helping them put together the Platinum Plan, their supposedly really awesome idea for black people. And ever since that, Ice Cube has been getting dragged. He's been <laughs> being called every name in the book. You know, sellout, coon, you know, you name it. Oh, and he's earned it. Because, I mean, he's been, like, really disingenuous this whole time. You know, I mean, basically, well, saying that, well, you know, Biden and Democrats don't have a plan for black people. And, like, there's a very specific thing on, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's website of policy plans to help African Americans. It's on the website. All you gotta do is go look. 
That's, I mean, that's really all you have to do. It's right there. <coughs> so when somebody says, look, when somebody tells you, or somebody asks you, you know, what is so-and-so's plan, particularly like a presidential election, they ask, you know, what, what does so-and-so's plan for, then, then they're being lazy or, or dishonest because... You can literally go to, you know, the candidate's website and see what the plan is. It's right there. So to say they don't have one is just a lie. And it's basically saying that you're too lazy to look it up. Or that you are being disingenuous on purpose and trying to just kind of sow, you know, dissent, discord, apathy, whatever. You know, as far as like on cube, ice cube on a personal level, I mean, well, here's the not so dirty little secret. He's really not that far from having a kind of MAGA philosophy as it is. And he's been that way for some time. If, if, see, I'm old enough where I remember his lyrics, you know, so his songs when he was in his heyday and there's a whole lot of just misogyny toward women a whole lot of homophobia excuse me and a whole lot of um, you know, anti-semitism a whole lot of just anti-immigrant stuff going on I mean, the only, like, really the only real difference between, you know, guys like Ice Cube and, you know, MAGA is that he's, you know, hoping for a little carve out for himself because he's a man. And... A lot of this, you know, what are the Democrats doing for us talk is really just kind of a throw the smokescreen, basically. Uh, reality is, you know, Ice Cube and you know, brothers like him, what, I mean, what they really want is they want to go back to the, you know, to the days where you could be a misogynist out in the open, where you could be homophobic out in the open. And where you could, you know, make comments about immigrants or, you know, spooky conspiracy theory stuff about Jewish people out in the open. You see, in 2020, for the most part, you can't do that. Well, getting dragged for it, basically. Okay? I mean... And look, some of these dudes, they want a return to the days where you could do all of that. And that return is not coming through the Democratic Party. It's, it's going it's gonna come through the right-wingers if it happens. And, you know, don't make no mistake. The 
a lot of these guys, you know, that's what they want. And, you know, they I mean, they haven't forgotten that they're black. But <clears throat> when it comes to certain things, they, you know, they, they consider themselves a man before a black, you know, as far as being a black man, they consider themselves a man first, black second when it comes to certain issues. And I should say they consider themselves a straight man first. And that's where this comes from. And, you know, just wouldn't surprise me in the least. And the other thing with Ice Cube is that, you know, now he may think that he's not co-signing onto the you know, MAGA agenda. But, in for a dime, in for a dollar. I mean, there is no halfway being in on MAGA. All right. And yeah, he's finding that out the hard way. If, if he was thinking he could, you know, dip his toes in and, or, you know, be kind of MAGA adjacent without getting stuck with the label, well, Um, he's sadly mistaken. And now at this rate, I just don't want to, I don't, you know, I'm tired of, you know, rappers in my age bracket disappointing us. All right. I mean, Jay-Z got in bed with the NFL and tried to swear down that it was, you know, a good thing and he wasn't being used as a stooge. And now we got this. So, you know, tired of these guys, tired of Kanye, tired of Steve Harvey, you know, Jim Brown, these folks that all cozied up to Trump, thinking that they were going to be able to get some crumbs for, the, for you know, black people by sucking up to the, to the MAGA folks. And it's going in the same way it always does. All right, with Trump at the podium choosing to insult us and not giving us anything. So, be careful. Tread lightly. Don't think you're going to get some out of this, something out of this that no one else has managed to be able to get. And that's all I got. Other than to say that you know, Ice Cube has now become one of the people that he raps about a lot. And that's just sad. Okay, now we'll be back after this. And not to be outdone. But, <laughs> of course not. You know, Mr. Sean Combs, or Puff Daddy Diddy, you know, whatever he's calling himself today, announced he's forming the, the Black People's Party or something like that. Now, to his credit, he stated up front that priority one in the election this year is that Trump's got to go. 
So I'll give him that over Ice Cube. <clears throat> but still, we have the same problem. It's people showing up at the last minute in a presidential election year. Talking about how the, you know, the two-party system is bad and inadequate and doesn't, doesn't do enough for black people. Like, okay. Um, yes, that is true. But where is all this in between presidential elections where's all of this in midterm elections where's all of this in special elections where oh I'm sorry should I say where is all of this energy when, when there's no election going on and you're supposed to be building something all right that's when you build you build in between election cycles don't wait until you know a month or two before that the the general election in a presidential election year right because i mean what are you what exactly are you going to build in two months the answer is nothing okay the only thing you're going to accomplish by showing up at the last minute and going on and on about the two-party system is that you are going to suppress votes. You're going to convince some people to not vote. Or maybe even to vote for the person who is least likely to help them. Okay, that's all you do in my showing up in these last couple of months. Or even just in, in, a, in a presidential election year entirely. That's all you do by showing up and, and going on and on about the two-party system. Okay. I'm going to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face. If you want someone outside of the Democrat or Republican parties to actually win the White House, that is a decades-long project. That is not something you can do in two months. It is not something you can do in, in one year or even one election cycle. Okay, That is a decades-long project that requires you start you have to start at the very bottom okay you need people on the school boards or local judges and you know or clerks of the court you know all of these local elected positions that nobody even thinks about right or sheriff right um okay you need to, to get some of those first Right, and then you need to take it out to, you know, city council, county council, county executive, mayor. You know, and then you can think about Congress, Senate, governor, and then White House. And that's, that is a decades-long project. So, now Mr. Combs is, well, he's like 50. He's around my age, maybe a few years older than me. All right, if you're serious about this, then... And you seriously want to put somebody in the White House who is not a Democrat or a Republican? Then, you know, if you put in maximum effort, the, the, the maximum effort that that kind of thing requires, 
you're probably not going to see the results before you, you know, in your lifetime. I mean, that's, that's just reality. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, until we get rid of the Electoral College, until, you know, some a whole lot of structural things change, the best that you can hope for is to replace one of the two existing parties. Like, if you want to really do something, like, like, go to Ferguson, right? That's a place, that's a town where black residents have not been adequately served by the Democrats who hold elected office there. And they would probably get served worse if the you know if the Republicans were in charge. That that's a place that could stand to use somebody who is not tethered to you know the usual backers of both both parties. <coughs> Who's not tethered to say the police union or who is not afraid of the police union. If you really want to help, you know there, you know, go to, you know, there are towns like that all over the country. You know, get some people elected in some of those places, because that's actually doable. You can do that within the next two to four years. Yeah, that that does that won't take fifty years to do. You can like you can do that. You can start on that now and and have immediate results. <clears throat> so do that. Win some stuff at that level. Build up some clout. And then maybe you know, and you do that, and maybe you know you can speed up the process. Maybe you can jump ahead to trying to win some seats in Congress or something. But it's showing up at the last minute, it's got to stop. And, well, I know you told us that you won't stop. <laughs> Sorry I had to do it. <laughs> but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> myself here too much but this needs to be redirected <laughs> okay if you want some quick results then then you need to put your resources and you put your energy where you can get them all right do that first and Meet with the, like the local activists in some of these places, because there, there are people on the ground doing really hard work down in the trenches to hold elected officials accountable and to get whatever they can in terms of resources to do something about all this stuff.
to help us. And with these <clears throat> kind of celebrity drop-ins or these kind of third-party concoctions, they always seem to bypass people doing the real work. People who can tell you the difference, you know, on the ground between when, you know, one party is in control versus the other, or when there's some type of gridlock because neither party holds enough power to just do things unilaterally. Those are the people that can tell you the way things were 10 years ago versus today. Like, go, you know, talk to them. Put them out front. Right? Um, <clears throat> put them in charge. And then maybe you can get some results. Because the only results you're getting right now is to turn people off from voting in the first place. And when you consider that we're who we're trying to get out of the White House right now... <clears throat> We need everyone who is not a supporter of his to vote against him. And when you, you know, when you throw, you know, when you put shit in the game, as, you know, some of my friends from the basketball court say, the result is that we end up with, with, with more of what we've been dealing with for the last four years. And I don't think we can deal with four more years of that. You might be able to, but the rest of us can't. So, if you're not helping, and 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 let me say, and by doing what you're doing right now, you are not helping. Then, shut up and be quiet. That's the best thing you can do. Shut up and be quiet. That goes for Mr. Combs. It goes for Ice Cube, or anybody else that wants to put themselves out there as the savior of black people. I mean, just. Look, no, just no. It, it, no, okay? Stop it. Okay, just stop it. And, yeah, you told us you wouldn't stop, but you really do need to stop. Okay? <laughs> okay, I'll, I, I, now I'll stop because I'm, I know y'all are probably ready to kill me right now, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop because I never told you I wouldn't stop, okay? So I am going to stop right now and take a break. So the NBA Finals are in the books. They're all done. And the Lakers are the champions. That's the 10th time in my lifetime that they have won the title. And 17th time in their history. So I believe they are tied with the um, Celtics now. Yeah. 
And more importantly, this is title number four for LeBron James, which now moves the debate forward about where he stands all time. Now, look, there's been an entire cottage industry that has been that has sprung up around debating, you know, over whether he's the best player in the league, and more recently, whether he's, you know, the best player ever. People like Skip Bayless who find new ways every week to, you know, say that whatever he just most recently accomplished isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> and it, it actually makes the case for him not being as good as advertised. Um, I mean, Bayless is a bit of a clown. And, I mean, he was, you know, teasing his talk show you know, like last weekend, saying that, you know, hear me talk about why LeBron and the Lakers win, this actually hurts his case for best player ever. And, I mean, like, come on now. I mean, winning more championships does not hurt your case, dude. And, look, it's bait, you know, just to get you tuned in, see what kind of outrageous take he's going to have and all that stuff. And, look, there's a whole industry that's been built around that in sports media. Now, if you ask me, well, you didn't, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because this is that's what this show is about. No, he is not the best player of all time. Oh, I mean, but I know he has not had the best career of all time. No, he has not. Okay. Uh, in his favor, you know, 10 times finals appearances and then you know of course he's high on the list all time points assists rebounds all that stuff and he got the four championships okay um he's also got a super huge black mark in the form of the 2011 finals against the Dallas Mavericks where he and the Heat were favored to win and he completely just laid an egg and got deed up by, you know, J.J. Barea in that series. Um, and that's something, look, that, that did not happen to Michael Jordan. It did not happen to Bill Russell. It did not happen to Larry Bird or Kobe Bryant. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right, just going out and crapping the bed for a whole series when they were favored, right? Did No. Now, You know, Magic Johnson had that one series in 84 where he was bad and, you know, he got blamed for them losing in seven games. But other than that, I mean, not really. That usually just doesn't happen. And, like, I mean, there's like, there may be another way you can chop it up, too. I mean... So, he's had a longer career, like 18 years in the league, than Jordan and Russell and Magic, you know. And, but, um, I think he had a shorter, well, it's hard to call 18 years short, but Kareem had a longer career. But then, you know, LeBron didn't go to college. So, you know, it's 18 years, but, like, Michael Jordan went to college for three years. 
Kareem went to college for three years. Magic Johnson went for two years. Uh, so, you know, a lot of just kind of hemming and hawing, really. But for me, yeah, I put Jordan and Kareem ahead of him. Jordan, six for six in the finals. It was never not the best player on his team. <clears throat> you know, came back from breaking his leg early. Led his team to the playoffs that year. Right, I mean, a whole lot there with him. And just, again, overall, just assertiveness and dominance. And <clears throat> never, you know, deferred. Ever. I mean, he was never not the best player in the series. And then, you know, also all the scoring titles and, in fact, you know, all the MVPs, including the ones where they should have given it to him, but they gave it to somebody else because they were tired of voting for him. You know, Kareem, also six titles. You know, and Kareem has all the all-star appearances, leading scorer all the time. Kareem, also the best just full stage basketball career from high school at Power Memorial to UCLA to the NBA. Put both of them ahead of LeBron. After that, yeah. Russell, he got the 11 titles. Also, but, you know, shorter playoff runs <coughs> because they didn't have three games. LeBron has played like 260 playoff games. That's over three more seasons of games. And you know, he got to the finals 10 times. Russell won 11 times. Russell also won every time. And he was the best player in you know, each one of those series. Um, LeBron's a better scorer. And better, you know, at assists. But Russell was not an assist man. He was a center. Russell, way better rebounder and shot blocker. And so... You know, I think that's a push. I think LeBron is better than Kobe. Just um, better distributor, better shooter, and all that. Um, more efficient player. But um, you know, once you get past that, um. Shaq had a shorter prime, but Shaq was at his peak was more dominant. Uh, Tim Duncan, more consistent, well, consistently great all the time. Didn't like and didn't blow it. A series in the finals got more rings than LeBron. You know, so I'd probably call that a tie right now. So no worse than. Well, no better than third, but definitely top ten, maybe top five, I'd say. You know, of course, can't forget Will Chamberlain. You know, and, you know, Wilt has all those finals losses, but he had to play against Russell all the time. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, yeah, top ten, definitely. Top five, maybe. But still no better than third, and I don't think that's going to change. But anyhow, uh Congratulations, LeBron. Ring number four. And let's see if you guys get ring number five. 
I'm, I'm look. I'm rooting for you. I want him to win as many as possible because just the dialogue around his career has just been so stupid. Okay, but he's still not better than Jordan. Sorry. <laughs> Be back after this. it for this week uh, we had a bunch of different things well next week probably a little bit lighter since the NBA is over maybe do a little more football I don't know uh, that is if, if, if we have if, if we don't get a bunch of games canceled and all that stuff but um, like I've enjoyed doing these 45 episodes and, you know, 46, God run 46 will be coming to you next week. And thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing when I tweet out the links and everything. It just, just doesn't happen without y'all. The, the little bit of success I'm claiming here is because of you guys. So I appreciate that. Now, as I always do, tell y'all to stay home. Don't go nowhere. You don't have to. You know, look, the numbers are already going back up for real COVID-19. And they're spiking in a lot of places. Don't be part of that. <laughs> okay? It, 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 don't. <laughs> don't. I think you'd rather not have to go through with that. So, be careful out there and don't don't become part of the numbers but um you do gotta go out protect yourself at all times like they say in the fight game and uh just look out for each other you know take care like I always say take care of yourselves take care of each other and God bless you guys I'll talk to you next week and Van Halen will take us home.